At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews. The only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. Blog Talk Radio. Holy fucking shit. Hello. Welcome to Boy Crazy Radio. I am your host. My name is Alexi Wasser. Now, let me just quickly explain what Boy Crazy Radio is in a nutshell. Boy Crazy Radio is a call-in advice show for anyone and everyone out there. Yes. Yes, even you. Yes, you. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Boy Crazy Radio tonight. We're already experiencing ridiculous technical difficulty thanks to the server that I'm on that I hope to never be on ever again in the in the very near future. I'm on a thing called Blog Talk Radio, and it fucking sucks, and I want them to know that, and everything's getting fucked up, and I haven't done my Boy Crazy Radio show in two weeks, and here I am. I'm back. I got super excited, and the intro song isn't even playing. But you know what? It's a metaphor for life, what's happening right now. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with it, right? And already I'm complaining, so I don't know really what the life lesson is that I'm trying to share with you uh, right now is. But, you guys, let me get back on track. Here's the thing. Uh, I want you to call in with whatever problem, question, conundrum you're going through, you're experiencing. Boy Crazy Radio is not just for gay boys and lesbian girls and tweens, all right? It's for everybody. Uh, Are you gay, straight, bisexual, newly single, a cutter, a shit talker, a total fucking high school nerd? Who grips the strap to your backpack way too tight? Do you lean against your locker pretending to text people that don't even exist? Hey, you don't have to do that anymore. That's what I'm here for. I'm your new best friend. Everybody, I want you to think of me no matter how old you are, no matter uh, what you're up to, whoever it is that you are. I want you to consider me your new best friend, the big sister you never even knew you needed or wanted, And for uh, some of you boys out there, let me be like the cool big sister that you have a crush on. I'm like the cool big sister of your friend that you have a crush on whose, like, bedroom door you walk past and then you, like, sneak a peek of me in my, like, black lacy lingerie and you see me through the door and then you go home and jerk off to the thought of me. Whatever it is I need to be for you so you can get through the day is uh, all that makes me happy to do and be. Uh, The telephone number is 646-378-0649. Once again, 646-378-0649 is the number so you can get through to me and we can have a chat about everything you're experiencing and spiraling over. Um, God, you guys, where have I been? I've been away for two weeks. That's two weeks way too long. Um, I guess I didn't do the show because I was working. This is work, but I really enjoy it. But then I had other jobs that I had to do that conflicted with doing the 9 p.m. slot uh, for Boy Crazy Radio. Um, This is what's happened in the interim. Uh, I've been dating a lot. For those of you who have listened to the show before, I I like to say that I'm newly single, even though uh, October 6th, it will have been a year since I've broken up with my last series and with my last series boyfriend. So I've been dating a ton. And in the last like three and a half, four weeks, I've gone out with a French guy. I've gone out with a with a cool Instagrammer who's in uh, who's studying to be a nurse, uh, who's very sarcastic. Uh, I've had sex with a sword swallower. Um, What else? Uh, I've dated a young uh, nubile open mic. Uh, open micro comedian guy who has a Nazi, who looks like Nazi youth or whatever, a neo-Nazi uh, youthful man boy. What else has happened? I know I've dated other people. I went on, I went on a date with an exciting uh, rock star guy, what have you. I really do like musicians. I usually only date drummers. Um, I mean, I don't know why. I think it's because they're really good at sex. I'm always just like immediately accidentally drawn to drummers. I'll, I'll be standing next to a guy at a bar and he'll turn to me and we'll start having a conversation and I'll find out he's a musician. What else is new? And I'll say, well, what do you play, drums? Because that's just how it's been. And they're always drummers. They always say yes. And I've actually dated like seven different drummers over the course of my lifetime whose first initial 
uh, uh, is Jay. Seven different Jay drummers. Crazy. Anyway, I went out with this rocker guy. He's a lead singer. I graduated to a lead singer. But the thing is, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere because I haven't talked to him in three weeks. But he went out of town. But this is how he left it. Um, I was like, hey, if, if you're not feeling it, it's our second date. If you're not into it, that's totally cool. Um, it's fine. We can just be friends. No big deal. Because I wasn't feeling any vibes on the second date. I guess we, we walked around and had a coffee at Farmer's Market. And I was like, uh, God, why isn't he trying to have sex with me in a cupboard? In a toilet stall. Even though I don't really want to do that, but I guess that's where my brain subconsciously goes. If I'm like, oh my God, we're just talking for an hour. He's on his way to the airport. Why isn't he like, you know, in the, how can we just exist like this? Um, what does it all mean? Anyway, um, yeah, and he was like, hey, wait, calm down. Don't take yourself out of the game yet, which I thought was hysterical because it's like, I think I've said this before, but whatever, I'm repeating myself. It's been a few weeks. Um, get used to it. Uh, he was, I thought that was funny because it's like, don't take myself out of the game. The game of like where I'm trying to win like the honor of you loving me or something like I, I don't know but it was bizarre but this is also a guy who when I sent him a bitmoji of myself which is like the application where you can make yourself into a cartoon I sent him a bitmoji of myself and and uh, I think they're dumb and they're ridiculous and they're no no big deal I don't really give a fuck about them I just sent one because they exist and whatever to mix it up and he was like. Um, hey, uh, my friend sends these too, but like, I just want to let you know that I don't really like bitmojis because it's like, I don't like when people make a cartoon of themselves and then send it. It's like, if somebody, you know, wants to make a cartoon of you, let somebody else do a cartoon of you. So I thought like, dude, relax. We haven't even met in person. We're being set up on a blind date thing, what have you. It's like, tell me about how you don't like bitmojis and attack me for it like on date three. If you're trying to have sex with me, be cool, man. Be cool. Anyway, um, dating a lot, hanging out with my mom a lot at the naked Korean spa, spas. We've been frequenting spas together. It's great. If you have to hang out with your mom, and I do, because she wants to, and I do too. I think you can do. I mean, I live in Los Angeles. I don't know where you guys live, but, uh, it's really cool and fun to hang out with your mom at a naked spa because it's like we're all just women, no big deal, and you can catch up and have a gossip and whatnot and learn life lessons and and vent while you're naked, steaming and exfoliating, you know, and letting your skin breathe, letting the dead cells fall off so uh, your skin can breathe again. It's just good to sweat. Uh, It's really therapeutic. Anyway, phone lines are open. I have all this fucking shit to tell you. I'm highly caffeinated. It's been a really weird week. I'm very moody. It's going to be a vulnerable show tonight, and here's why. I have a urinary tract infection. It's a UTI. It's, it's okay. They're totally cool. Here's what happens. I'm sure, I'm sure all of you fucking sluts out there have had one or another. Or come on. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm allowed to say slut because it's my word to take the power back from, okay? I have a UTI because I hadn't had sex in four months because despite labeling myself with the moniker of uh, boy crazy, I don't think I'm boy crazy anymore. Oh, that's a lie. Okay. I'm more career crazy. I like doing stuff and making stuff, and I take myself more seriously than potential boys who might stick their private to my private. But I hadn't had, so I hadn't had sex in a while because I was just taking a break, and I was just like, ugh, get the fuck out of here. All these fucking weirdos trying to stick their dick in me. It's like, get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. I'm being really crass. I don't know why. I had a Red Bull. I, I went on a date with a guy who drinks Red Bull, and, and I feel like I feel like it makes me, it makes me feel closer to him if I drink Red Bull. So, uh I put all this poison inside of me in the form of Red Bull, like two or three or something, so my head's about to explode. So this could make for a great show or a fucking train wreck. Don't tell me which. Um, so, yeah, so I hadn't had sex in four months, and then all of a sudden I had sex with someone, and when you haven't had sex in a while, and also if you don't pee immediately after sex to get rid of, like, all the bacteria that happens and some dude is, like, sexing you or whatever, you take the chance of getting a UTI, and they're so painful. They're horrible. So tonight, I'm on antibiotics for that. And also, according to my period tracker, I'm like five days away from getting my period. So I'm PMSing. I don't know what's happening with Venus or Mercury or the full moon or whatever, or the ocean or vibes. I don't know. But you can just sprinkle that into the mix. Um, 
this this is going to be a real emotional show, especially if nobody calls in, especially since there are technical difficulties at the beginning of the show. You guys, 646-378-0649 is the number. And also, I have to get to emails because I've been getting tons of emails over the past few weeks. I always forget to get to the emails during the show because I'm so excited about the old-timey phone calls and talking to people voice-to-voice. Side note of a side note, you guys, before I get to reading some of the emails. If you're too much of a puss to call in, I want you to tweet me your question or your comment to at Alexi Wasser. You can also email me your questions to boycrazyalexi at gmail.com. That's B-O-Y-C-R-A-Z-Y-A-L-E-X-I at gmail.com. And I hope we're friends on Instagram, at Alexi Wasser. Anyway, oh, so many thoughts and feelings. Phone lines are open. Okay, I'm going to read the first email of the night. All right, here we go. Already I can't pronounce the name of the girl who emailed me. Fuck it, I'll, re- I'll read it despite that. Hi, Alexi. I'm a really big fan of your blog and your work. I wanted to ask you a really stupid and embarrassing question because IRL, because the in-real-life friends of mine who I've asked, have not been able to give me much practical advice on this because of how unusual it is. Alexi, I'm 28, but I've never really dated or done anything with a guy. I was abused when I was a kid, and then when I finally got brave enough to try last year, I wound up getting assaulted by someone who thought my situation was super gross, hilarious, and weird. I've been going to therapy to help deal with these things, though. My question, how would you advise someone like me to go about dating? or even hooking up with someone. I'm not sure I'll do this, but I have no idea. When and how should I tell a guy any of this stuff? He's probably going to figure it out soon enough, even if he tries to kiss me or something like that. I don't want to scare guys off completely, but I realize how much of a burden my issues and level of inexperience, both physical and emotional, are at my age. Thanks. Signed, A. All right, listen, A. First of all, thank you for writing in to me and uh, being so vulnerable. I appreciate it. Um, It's really brave of you. Here's the thing. Okay, so you're 28 years old, and you've never done anything with a guy, and you've you've never really dated. Yes, it's older. You're on the older scale. Maybe it's it's not the norm, but who gives a fuck? Who can, this is what this is your life. This is what you're experiencing. It experiencing, and it's totally fine. And just here's something: give yourself a break, because when you're at odds with yourself, and when I say at odds with yourself, I mean like when you have this idea of like this is how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to lose my virginity at this age, and I wasn't supposed to be abused, and I'm not supposed to have these issues, and you know, oh, and I'm 28. Like it's it's supposed to be like this but I'm like this, then those two ideas are clashing up against each other and you're kind of like, you become at odds with yourself. The ideal situation that you think is ideal and the reality of your life are kind of like, are clashing, coming up against each other. So just breathe and get rid of the idea of like how it's supposed to be because there's no such thing and also that's not how it's happening, all right? My therapist would say to me, everything is exactly as it needs to be. He says, that's a, he says that's a very calming phrase. I believe him. Let's just trust my therapist, okay? Uh, I swear to God, he tells me. Second, I want to say, so awesome you're in therapy. Fantastic you're in therapy. I hope you like your therapist. I hope you feel safe with them. It seems like you must. It's unfortunate I can't talk to you voice to voice to ask you more questions. Um, as far as, like, dating moving forward and dating is concerned, I would say you aren't you don't have to be super experienced and you and there are a lot of guys out there who are equally as inexperienced as you are and for whatever reason. And there are a lot of guys out there who are more experienced than you who will would be honored and more than thrilled to teach you all about sex and teach you all about how to give a blowjob or to make out or to whatever, to, to fuck, or how, whatever you want to say. I, oh, my God, I don't know why I'm being so crass tonight. It's not really my style. I don't say make love, but I don't say fuck. But anyway, I refer to my vagina as a private, you know? So what, what, why am I being so crass? Um, anyway, and I also don't think, if I were you, and I'm not, and I'm, but I'm going to try to put myself in your situation, 
I would say you don't need to reveal all this stuff about yourself from the get-go. I mean, like, I have daddy issues. I was hit by one of my parents when I was little. I, I wasn't molested, but I was, like, have a lot of emotional fucking weirdness from my from my childhood. I've been in therapy for a long time. I'm an adult now. Uh, I've worked through it. It's shit that exists for me. But I don't go on a first date with a guy and, and I'm like, you know, and then this happened and blah, blah, blah. And I just feel like you should know this. And I'm very sexually experienced and blah, blah, blah. And here's why I know how to get such a good blowjob. You know what I mean? Like that would be my version of the situation. I just mystery. You're getting to know them as well. Okay. Like who are these people? They haven't earned all your trust. You, you mentioned in your letter that when you, uh, when you got brave enough to, to try dating and tell someone that they like, they thought it was funny and they, they kind of were a dick to you about it, well, that's, use that as a lesson. Okay, now, they, they suck. They're not for you. But the good thing is it's kind of a blessing that they showed their, their true colors so quickly, you know? That means they're really immature. They aren't very empathetic. They aren't kind. Whatever, I'm sure they're trying their best, but that's all they're capable of, and that that's not right for you, okay? That that hurts your feelings if you try to feel safe and make yourself vulnerable, and uh, and that's what you were, but that's how they responded. So here's the thing: um, take baby steps to see if somebody is worthy of like knowing you and hearing about all your private, personal things. This is your story, and also you don't you don't need to be the person who who was abused. Um, forever you know what I mean that's something that happened but like you're a new person today you have new goals you have things you want to do you're moving forward you don't have to lug that baggage with you for the rest of your life you know what I mean that shit that happened wasn't your fault it's done and you got to move for you know I, I'm, I hope you've processed it and you're processing it and like and it's a constant work in progress and that's why you're in therapy and you can you know exercise and write in a journal and you know I don't know if you're on antidepressants or whatever you're on, you know, like I hope you're exercising, you know, just to like such a nice mood enhancer. For me, it was always like going on long walks and uh, and writing was like a very therapeutic thing. And I also do this thing called, um, oh God, what is it called? Oh, fuck. Oh, cognitive behavioral therapy on myself, which is like my brain will go one place and I'll be like, oh my God, you're the worst, blah, 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 yucky schmackety all these negative things. And then I'll have, I'll, ha- I'll have to talk to myself in my head. I'll go, Alexi, everything's fine. That's not true. Stop it. Stop it. Right now we are just driving down Sunset. We're in Los Angeles. Everything's fine. You're running errands. You're going to Target. Nothing's wrong. Nobody is looking at you like that. Nobody's thinking these horrible thoughts about you. Stop it. Stop. And that's, that's, I mean, that's my version of, that's like the, the dummy's guide to cognitive behavioral therapy is basically talking yourself off the ledge and talking yourself out of your mood, mood swings and your mood downward spirals, you know? So anyway, long story longer, dip your toe in and move slower when it comes to getting to know somebody. And... And you can always just say to a guy, once you feel cozy enough and safe enough with a nice, kind guy who respects you and is sweet to you, you know, you don't have to have sex with some guy on the first date or the second date or the third date. If you want to do it the third date, you can always just say, whenever it is you decide to make out and have your boobs suckled on and let him go down on you and try to learn how to give a blowjob or whatever, you know, like you could just say to him on, during your first makeout session, your first kiss session, oh, I really like you and I'm nervous and I'm nervous because I'm really inexperienced. You can just say that. I haven't had a lot of experience. Will you teach me? Will you like, I mean, is that embarrassing? You know, you just just talk about it. I know it's so much easier said than done, but, you know, if you end up with a person that is, sweet and understanding and a nice, good person. And that kind of takes a little bit of time and listening to your intuition, that little voice inside of you that goes, oh, get away from this person. Oh, no, I don't feel bad. They're smiling at me, but I, I, feel, I feel bad around them. They, they have a smile on their face and they're saying nice things to me, but I, I just feel dread and bad when I'm near them. 
that's your intuition. Like the little voice that kind of like is trying to tell you, like, get out of here. There's a murderer in the house. Or, I don't know, he seems kind of okay. Like, I like him. I trust him. Like, just, just quiet yourself. Your intuition is like a real thing. I promise you. That takes work on, on paying attention to and getting, getting used to listening to as well. But anyway, I hope any of that very long answer helped. Um, and just don't be so hard on yourself and communicate and just take it slower and it's okay. And maybe you'll have the best sex of your life with the first person you have sex with when you're 30 or 33, whatever. Like, and I hope you're masturbating. You should like touch your privates and maybe watch porn just like a few times or whatever. I'm not really into porn, but I think like, yeah, watch that. You know, imagine some sexy scenario in your head also if you don't want to watch porn. That's great. I'm, I'm not really an advocate of porn, so it's funny I'm saying that, but I'm just throwing out all the different options. And just like sex is just another part of life. It's not that big of a deal. I don't know what happened to you. I'm not on the phone with you right now. Uh, but yeah, take back your sexual power and touch your privates. Turn off the lights, light a candle, suck on your finger, <laughs> put your finger in your mouth, and then put it on your clit. If you don't know where that is, just Google it. And then uh, figure out how to make yourself orgasm. Or, and if you've never orgasmed, because I don't have or not because I, I, I'm not getting to talk to you, um, it's a great feeling. It feels super tingly, like a big, crazy, warm explosion in your private. And you're like, ah, it's the best feeling ever. It's a great feeling. Um, anyway, and call into the show sometime. Talk to me and let me know you got this and if it helped at all or if you want to talk more. All right. Man. I'm going to get to a phone call. Is this a Skype call? Who's this? Hey, Alexi. Hello, who's this? What's your name? How old are you and where are you calling from? My name is Ryan. I'm from Johannesburg in South Africa, and I'm 31. Oh, my God. So you're there right now? Yeah. This is incredible. Thank you for calling in the Boy Crazy Radio. So, you know, we broadcast out of Los Angeles, so to talk to somebody in South Africa, it's very exciting for me. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, what's so happening? I just, I just want to. So, um, so yeah, um, I have never phoned into a show like this before, so I'm just a little bit nervous. Don't be nervous. But, be safe with me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, I've been dating a girl for about four months, and we met on Tinder. So it's, it's another Tinder story, and um, things went really well. And um, what happened was, yeah, we we met for our first date was adventure golf. It was really cool. And um, yeah, later later on the line, we started dating, and we became boyfriend and girlfriend. It was pretty cool. And then this last Saturday. Um, we went to a wedding. She invited me to a wedding. I was one of her friends. And I didn't really know anybody there. Um, and we sat at a table. And um, she started talking to this guy um, next to her. And I was on the other side. And they started flirting and stuff. And I could see where it was going. And I sort of... Um, just didn't really say anything and um, what happened was later on in the night um, we sort of had like a small fight because she mentioned to me that um, um, well when we first started dating I told her that that I'd quit Tinder and I wasn't chatting to any girls on Tinder and then it came out that I was still chatting to some girls um, in the first two weeks of us knowing each other. And, yeah, she accused me of lying, but I wasn't really lying because I was chatting to some girls, but it was via text. So it's kind of weird. Um, and then we had a mini fight at the wedding, and then that just drove her to talk to this guy even more. And then I sort of left it alone, and I was chatting to other people. And then later on in the night, we got really drunk. And she, yeah, she made up with, this guy in front of what? everyone at the yeah, did? in front of everyone at the wedding, and yeah, she was wearing high shoes, and then I said to her, "Let me get your flat shoes from the car." So I went to the car, 
went to go fetch the flat shoes. She was talking with this guy, dancing with them. And then when I came back, <laughs> I had a flat shoes in my hand, and she was she was just making out with this guy. And in front of everyone, the bride and the groom, and it was very, um, yeah, it was very hurtful. And I didn't know how to handle the situation. And then the following day, I took her to the airport because she was going to Greece for for two and a half weeks. So we haven't had a chance to to really talk it out or anything. It's just been like a flurry of emotions and, and stuff. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. Ew. So, uh, yeah. Okay, well, first of all, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, what an <laughs> asshole. I don't. I mean, I'm over it. Like, I feel like if this happened to me, and I went to the car to go get my boyfriend's, you know, high top Converse so he could be more comfortable on the dance floor, and I came back and he was making out with some girl. That's it. We're done. We're done. I can't believe you, you drove her to the airport. What a great guy you. Are. How tall are you? I'm six one. Oh, you sound like a dreamboat. You're all in touch with your emotions, and you're driving your cheating ex girlfriend to the to the airport or whatever. Like. My God. Um, okay, that's neither here nor there. So she's gone. Now she, so she was already, everything was great. Everything was going, let me just figure this out. Everything was great. Yeah. She starts chatting up this guy that she's sitting next to at the wedding. And it's bizarre because weddings yeah. are the most romantic things possible. So I feel like a wedding should, should have just brought you guys closer together because they're so romantic, you know? Yeah. Um, exactly. And then how did the... How did the fight start about, because here's a whole other weird moment. Uh, why would you tell her, wait, so you, you quit Tinder because you liked your new, you, you liked your girlfriend and you're like, fuck it, I'm off Tinder. Yeah. But, but you were, but you were still, you were still texting and flirting with girls whose numbers you've gotten? So it was within the first two weeks. So I didn't really, within the first two know. weeks of meeting her. So, yeah, so I didn't know. So obviously I was, I was still chatting to a few girls and then um it was i just coincidentally on the day i met her that was the day that i i, I quit in any in any event um but i still had um numbers of other girls who i was still texting and then within two weeks I, I stopped texting them and um i've been open if i've been open with her if i ever received a text from um any girl, I would say, you know, this is what she she messaged me, and this is how I replied. So we've been pretty open. Um, oh my god! Can but, I ask you another question? This yeah. is totally none of my business. Wait, sure. do you have? Do you, this is totally rude. What I'm about to ask you, and totally none of my business, but I'm gonna ask you anyway. Okay. Sure. Do you have? Do you have a big private? Is your what are we dealing with here? Do you have a tiny private or a big private? <laughs> I have to know. So, I mean, I don't know, obviously, because I don't go around comparing with, with other guys. But, <laughs> but, um, but girls, girls have told me I have, so um, I don't know whether that's just a thing that all girls do to make you feel good, but, yeah. I don't think they, I don't think they do. So they tell you it's good. That's good. Okay, good, because I wasn't sure. I just needed to know this because uh, I want to know how much power you have in this situation. Okay, okay. so... First of all, and you don't have to, you don't you don't have to tell your this girl anything about it. I mean, that's sweet of you if people would text you, like, but you really don't owe her that. So, did you tell her drunk at the wedding that you were still messaging with with girls the first two weeks? Did you tell her that because you were insecure because she was flirting with the guy? No, 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 no. Um, I think I think it was just something that we said. It was sort of on topic, and it was like um, a sort of joke. Something so, the whole time because we've been on Tinder and stuff, there's always jokes about that first two weeks, those those first two weeks. So, yeah. All that's right. What happened well, with something? It was just a joke, and then it was misconstrued. And she's she's got this thing. Um, so in the four months that I've known her, it's it's happened three or four times where we've got really drunk, and um, I handle okay. Um, but if she drinks too many, especially shooters, um, she, she blacks out. Still um, functions perfectly, and she'll be dancing and the life of the party and stuff, but she, she can't remember a thing the next day, and I have to fill her in. Oof. So um, she? she was getting to that point. 
She is 29. I mean, what do you want to do? Well, um, I've already forgiven her. I mean, we we had a conversation, and I said, I said to her, you know, like these things happen. And um, I texted her last night for the first time since Monday. And um, I just said to her that it was very hurtful what she did and that you can't blame alcohol or, you know, because at, at the end of the day, you know, you're the person that chooses to drink that much. And, you know, she knows how she gets. And, um, yeah, we've just been chatting and stuff. And I said to her, um, she must just enjoy a holiday. And when she gets back, we can we can pick up from there. Yeah, I think if I were you, here's my advice to you. I would I would just before you forgive her so quickly, and I know you already did, but I want you to think about this. Like, who knows what she's getting into on her holiday? She seems to drink a lot, and she gets a bit weird, and then she blacks out. But you know, she does have to take responsibility for that. You can't just be like, oh, I don't know, I was drunk. If I were you, I would yeah. I would start texting her a lot less. I'd be really cold. I'd be really cold over text and not be available and stay busy with your friends and your family and whatever your career or your job is or whatever, and let her miss you and think about that she, the fact that she could lose you because, you know, if it's already only four months in and she totally disrespected, disrespected you in front of all these people, I mean, she needs to think about that. She needs to feel like she's going to lose you and there's something in jeopardy before you forgive her so quickly and, and just give her a little light talking to her or something because... Uh, you know, it'll only get worse. What if she's, who knows, what if she gets really drunk and she sleeps with somebody and it's unprotected and then she comes home to you and she gets, you know, and she gives you something she caught when she slept with something. You know what I mean? Like, it's only been four months. Yeah. And that, that's really, that's, that's fucked up and that behavior's not okay and it'll only get worse and, and, like, and then if anything, even if this doesn't work out, even if your relationship doesn't work out, maybe it'll, it'll wake her up in the sense that she needs to cool it with the drinking and, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not cool. It's. It's. And you've forgiven her so quick, so she goes, "Oh, it's okay. I can just get away with it." And you don't want to be some pussy whip little bitch. I'm sorry. Like men don't like that yeah. phrase. No, no, no. Like, totally. Yeah. Totally. Like, don't don't let her make you into some. I don't care how cute she is. I don't care if she's like, you know, the whatever the king, the king's daughter. She has. She comes from a great family and has tons of money or whatever the fuck. I mean, if she's gorgeous and she's great in bed, all that shit doesn't matter. You should be treated with respect. You should be somebody who that you can trust and, and vice versa. And it sounds like you're really like a deep person thinking about everything. And, and don't let her just shit all over you and disrespect you and make people think that you're just some pussy whip little bitch. It's not cool. So yeah. get cold, you know? Yeah, totally. Because you sound gorgeous. It sounds so cute. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, what made you even call into the show? How did you hear about the show? Um, just stumbled upon it, and yeah, I've, I've been listening for a while, so, yeah. Okay, well, call us, call me back. Let me know what happens with her after she gets back from her trip. And you know what? Don't pick her up from the airport, either. Okay. Cool. Don't do it. You're busy. Thanks, you're Nikki. busy. you got a million, you're welcome. you got a million things to do. You're a man, okay? Here's the thing. I know it's 2015. I know women are almost kind of equal and everything, whatever, and if anything, I mean, I, I believe I'm a feminist and all that stuff because I do whatever the fuck I want to do and I'm a career person and I, call, you know, so I can say this. It's like, it's a really bizarre time for romance right now because as women, we're like apple picking, cherry picking what we want in a relationship. We want like this old school, cool school stuff where like men are chivalrous and, and, uh, you know, some of us want men to, to pay and, or some of us are offended if a guy pays and, some women, like, men are morphing into women and women are turning into men. It's like this weird masculine, feminine kind of thing. It doesn't even matter what you're born as. It's like an attitude. It's a way of living your life. So um, I don't know. And I think that I think this girl needs to be put in her place is what I think. And I think he needs to up his masculinity because he seems to this guy, Ryan, who's very in touch with his feminine side and that's lovely and it's a beautiful thing. And all of my boyfriends are all very feminine and sensitive and able to communicate and that's a wonderful wonderful thing but i think it's when it's when it's balanced with a certain type of masculinity certain aspects of masculinity 
it's it's helpful. It's even more enticing because I am a very masculine girl. I'm really feminine, but I have a lot of masculine tendencies where I'm like bossy and I'm like I run my own show and I can take care of myself. But it's like in in dating and being and having sex and romance, it's like you need to, it's like you're doing a delicate dance with another people with another with another person. And I know that like I want to feel like a woman and I want to feel like protected and by the guy that I'm with and I want to know that I can't just trample all, all over him. So this girl sounds like she's trampling all over this guy. She's going to see how far, how much she can get away with. And uh, don't let her get away with it. And and it'll help the relationship in the long run because she'll be like, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, Ryan's not putting up with my bullshit. All the other dudes who, thought, who think I'm so hot in my bikini, this only fucking run the show. And he's not? Ooh, that's kind of sexy. Ooh. You know what I mean? So it's scary to be stern and to take care of yourself and stand up for yourself. But it will actually like save whatever remnants uh, can be saved in this weird four-month relationship that started on Tinder. You know what? Fuck it. I've been on dates from a dating app. It's cool. It's okay. It's how it is now, isn't it? I still like meeting people in person. I prefer that. Anyway, listen, it's 9.39 p.m. if you're listening to the live show. It's a Wednesday night. The phone lines are open. Even if you don't live in South Africa, you can still call into the show. 646-378-0649 is the number. Oh, guys. I'm feeling feelings left and right. Um, last week, I did some show about sex and dating or whatever uh, at, upright, at UCD, which stands for Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, and I did that show. And I was so nervous. It's so weird because it's like sometimes I'm really fearless and I'm not nervous at all. And then other times I'm completely nervous. I get crazy stage fright to do things in public. And I start shaking and I'm just not myself and I'm all stiff. So after being so nervous doing this UCB show last week, I thought, fuck that. I can't have this. I can't do this. I don't want to have to drink alcohol before I perform somewhere, you know, because Sometimes I will perform at UCD or I'll perform at other places on my friends' shows or whatever. I was like, I need to get over this. Um, so I decided to, to go to open mics all around Los Angeles. So I've been to like four so far. And I've also made a promise to myself, I'm not allowed to drink alcohol before I get up. And you only get like three minutes to perform at these weird open mics. And I've been going to like ones that are like deep in the valley or in Burbank um, I went to one uh, uh, on Fairfax, actually, yesterday, because I was, like, starting to get more brave. Because I, I was like, oh, God, I'll go to the ones in Burbank because dorky people will be there. Or people that I don't know will be... <laughs> that sounds, that sounds fucked up. Anyway, but then I got a little bit braver. The first one was a train wreck. I'm, I, none of them were good, but the first one was a train wreck. I really had no idea what I was going to say at these open mics, at these, at these stand-up comedy open mics. And I, I like, and I, I wrote down, I jotted down too many ideas, but you only get three minutes, so it just did my head in. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god, I made like too many notes, and I don't know what to say because there's, there's too much to choose from. And then it's like, ah! And then I just got on stage and like freaked out and like imploded and like basically got like, kicked off the stage. I was like, oh my god, you guys, I have all this stuff to say. Do you want to hear it? Blah blah blah. And they're like, okay, you're done here. The three minutes is up. Um, but yeah. But then I went to one in the cool part of Tinseltown yesterday, and I ran into somebody I knew. I ran into, like, a bunch of, like, cute that I know at this place yesterday, and I was like, oh, my God, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I can't compartmentalize my life anymore. I want to do this weird stand-up comedy thing just to be brave, minus alcohol. I'm going to do it. So I chatted with the guy that I ran into that I knew, the acquaintance, and I was like, you should do it too. If you do it too, I'll write your material. He was like, no fucking way, dude. I'm not a, what? I don't know. So I signed up. I got called. The people I ran into that I knew were there. I looked at them like, get out of here. No. They stayed. And I went up on stage, and I did it. And it was fun, and I was scared, but then I wasn't scared, and I was sober, and that's cool. I mean, I drink. I'm not like I'm not in the program. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, yeah, it was pretty great. I felt good. I felt proud. And the interesting thing is, 
going to open mics is such a beautiful thing because I, 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 I'll watch the other people perform and the spectrum is wide. I mean, it's, it's like homeless people. It's like really, really old people and, and they're kind of, they're not funny or they're singing songs or like, it's just interesting. It's like a beautiful thing. And it's just, I, I, this one guy got up there and he was like making these jokes and playing the piano and I didn't like it. I didn't like the, the I didn't like it. But you know, he was it's such a scary thing to do, is what I'm saying. And just the fact that like, you know, life doesn't stop after you're like after you're twenty nine. You know, life isn't over. And I know we live in such a crazy youth like crazed uh you know, youth applauded time, you know, where it's like, Oh my god, life is over when you hit thirty and it's just like not. So to see people in their like God, 50s, 60s, 70s, 40s, whatever, like performing, you know, they're not going to be famous if that's the dream. It's like, it's also weird because I have a take on it. Like I'm I'm seeing them through my own lens, you know, so the way I'm responding to somebody performing at some bizarro open mic hole in the wall is personal to me because I'm putting, I'm projecting like, oh my God, what if that were me? That makes me feel this way because what if that were me? I mean, that's ultimately why I felt so, like, moved yesterday. Like, at one point, with watching the old guy, I don't know what he does during the day. I don't know who his family is. I don't know if he had kids, but I, I didn't like his performance. And I, but I just wanted to burst into tears because he was being so brave and making himself so vulnerable. And, like, also because I'm like, oh, God, I don't want my life to turn out that way. Oh, no, like, that could be me. Like, what if that were me? Ugh, you know, and then uh, like people on drugs, I could tell like there was some like 50 year old like speed freak kind of tweaker guy, and I was sitting next to him the whole time because I was just sitting at the like, is the seat free and can I sit at this booth with you? And he was like, sure. And then they called his name, and he went up. I got out of the booth so he could get up, and it turns out he was totally like tweaked out of his mind, and he like got on his knees and like barked like a dog, and he only performed for like 74 seconds or something, and. And then just got the hell out of there, and everybody kind of looked around the room like, oh, my God, did you know that you were sitting next to the murderer? You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, heavy. And, uh, yeah, it just made me – I went from, like, wanting to burst into tears to being like, oh, wow, that guy's going to be a megastar because there, there are all these, like, comedians there who were working out their material, and, and like, if some things didn't work, it didn't matter because they're so charismatic, and some of their jokes did work, and you know that they're just working shit out, you know, because that's what you have to do. You have to, like, write stuff and see what works. That's the whole point of it, but you could tell like they're on, they're, they're professionals of this. This is their thing. Anyway, so there's so many feelings. So it's such a fucking weird, vulnerable, interesting thing to be a part of and to just witness. So that's what I did yesterday. And then I went to the naked spa with my mom. And speaking of like everybody being so ageist, you know, uh, I hung out with my mom. It's so amazing because she, how old is she? I don't even know how old my mom is, but it's like, you know, late 50s, I believe, right? Sorry, mommy. Mommy, like I've been molested, but I'm, anyway, okay. Uh, like, oh, God, I'm saying these things that I just don't mean to say that I feel like can be taken in the worst possible way. Okay. Um, my mom and I were talking about Grace, that show on Netflix. There's some show on Netflix, and I doubt any of you have seen it because it's about old people, but it's uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda star in this show that they created called Grace and Frankie. And my mom was like, I love this show. you got to watch this show. And so I, I watched a bunch of the episodes of Grace and Frankie, um, mainly because I auditioned for the show, so I wanted to know what it was about. So I watched a bunch of episodes in hopes that I would get the job. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. My mom wanted me to watch this, so I'm glad I could check that box, too, and make her happy. Um and the reason why that show is so important is because whether or not any of the teens, tweens, 30-somethings, 20-somethings, whoever's listening to Boy Crazy Radio right now, I'm sure you can all agree that it's like, you know, we're all obsessed with Instagram and dating apps and, you know, becoming famous or becoming very successful or talking shit about Kanye or I don't know what the fuck we're up to. What are we doing? I don't know. Lots of American Apparel, reading nasty, girl boss. That's my friend Sophia, by the way. Just you, I have a passage in that book. You should read it. It's really cool. It's on page 69 or 96. 96, but 
69 would be cooler. Anyway, um, but the thing is, it's like, okay, then what? You, you, you turn, like, let's say you, you turn 35, 40, 45, 50. Life is still happening, 55, 60, 65, 70. And that whole period of time in, in, in people's lives is not represented. It's, it's not represented in the culture. And that's why we're all so afraid to get older because it's like, to us, like, I don't know about you, but I do this, and I'm not proud of it, but I'm going to talk about it. Like, I mean, I, sometimes I don't acknowledge old people. Other times I will. I'll make eye contact with them. I do say hello. Um, but I notice, and I can feel sad when I notice that, when, when I see kind of like old people walking down the street or waiting for the bus or shuffling, shuffling, shuffling along, you can see that there's kind of like, you know, people, people don't give a fuck about them. They're not sexy. They're not like, you know, we don't want to fuck them. You know what I mean? It's like you just walk right past them and try to like, you know, okay, okay, the old, you know, you know, we, we respect them. We want to be nice, but it's almost so condescending. It's like it's like what white people do with black people or something who have a lot of white guilt or something where they're like, oh, my God. You know, that's like a different different thing I want to talk about completely at some other point, but I'm not saying everything right. But uh, it just makes me think and, I, and about the, just about ageism and how I love my mom and she's so inspiring because she's almost 60 and she's so busy and she has a cool boyfriend and she lives in Silver Lake and she takes dance classes. By, from Ryan Heffington at like the sweaty the, at like the sweat spot in Silver Lake, and she and I don't go I don't dance like that I don't know what to do like she's she she goes to the naked spa with me she's she writes songs she performs uh, she draws she takes writing classes she has sex with her boyfriend like she's just she's gonna go on she just does a lot of shit and she's like engaged with life and she's excited about life and she goes to Burning Man and I don't go to Burning Man, but fuck it. My mom goes to Burning Man and that's fucking cool. She's got tattoos and pink hair. She's just like alive. And and it was just cute cute for her to hear her tell me how excited she was about this show, Grace and Frankie, because yeah, she has a point. She should be excited about it because there's like, there's nothing out there that like shines a light on the fact that like, older people exist and like have senses of humor and have sex and are like real people, you know? So it's just something to remember because we're all just going to get older unless we just fucking, you know, die first, you know? And then that's all. Anyway, I'm getting to this phone call. Erica 310, who is this? Hello? Hello, who is this? Uh Uh-oh, I'm worried. This is Freddie. Freddie, what are you doing? Oh, my God, everybody, this is Freddie. Uh, long-time listener, not a first-time caller. He's called in before. How are you doing, Freddie? What are you doing? I'm really good. You know, I just got home, and uh, I, I I knew you were on. And, you know, I can't resist calling you, although the past few weeks I was away. I was on vacation, and then one night I was busy. So I really haven't talked in a while. But, what? you know, just wanted to touch base again. And, well, thank you so and much. Talk. You know that I'm- Boy Crazy Radio wasn't even on last week or the week before because I was busy. I knew that you weren't able to call, so I just thought, you know what, fuck it. We're on hiatus. Well, that's a that's a supreme compliment coming from you because I know you don't dish them out that easily. <laughs> it's true. What's going that, on? Are you? That's just trip? not What's your happening? thing. <laughs> well, you know, listen, I've been going out with a new girl lately, a new lady, I should say. I don't want to say girl. She's an, She's an evolved adult. And, um, you know, she happens to be in the business, the entertainment business, which is, you know, quite prevalent out here. I don't know if you know. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know if you know <laughs> that. But this is like I a do. single business town. You know, this is True. like Detroit if you're in the car business. And, um, you know, it, it, this, the problem with going out, I always found with somebody in, in you know, who's, in the entertainment business is that they're just so caught up in the entertainment business. And everything is about this project, that project, does this project happen? And you see a movie and it's not about like, how was the movie, but it was about who worked on it. And, you know, I don't find it that relaxing. And people, all, all the women that I've gone out with, they all profess that, Oh, I can talk about anything. 
And, you know, I'm listen, don't worry about it that I'm an actress. I'm not going to talk about that. But th- th- it's all about that. That's what it's all about. And, I, you know, I just think, like, okay, they can be on their best behavior the first date. But, like, you know, the second date, I really don't want to be, on, you know, on a date with the front page of Variety. I get it. So I just wanted to get your take because, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I assume, you know, when you've talked about it that you're, you know, you're an actress, you're a young actress. And, uh, you know, and how do you feel about that? Do you go out with guys who aren't in the business? And, and is that a problem for you? I, the last guy I dated, well, I've been dating, okay, I've been, I've been dating guys who are not in the business. I had a, a rendezvous with a sword swallower. He's in the business. Isn't that odd? I don't even want to go into that because uh, it's too easy. <laughs> it's too easy. It it's too way easy. too. Okay. Okay. So I went out. I went out with a, a marketing strategist at Apple. I went out with a guy who is uh, studying to be a nurse. Uh, the thing is, though, I prefer. I, I usually date musicians, whatever you know, however good or bad yes. it may be. I I like musicians because sure. they're in the entertainment business and they're dreamy and interesting, and and I like creative people who made their life kind of out of nothing. I think that's interesting to me. But for you, I feel like if you already mm. know you don't like dating narcissist, uh, crazy, lunatic actresses who are probably the best in bed because everybody knows crazy girls are the best in bed, but, you know, they'll, they'll drive you crazy as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to stay away from them. You should date. You should date a pastry chef is what I think. I'd love one, but you know what? The doctor just told me my last checkup that my sugar is a little high, so that's a problem. Oh, man, maybe you need to date the head chef at M Cafe or some kind of other macrobiotic vegan establishment or some kind of happy medium. What do you think? I mean, listen, I I don't want to be, you know, uh, I, I don't want to be a little rough here, but, you know, aren't those the women that don't shave under their arms? I mean, that kind of gets me. Okay, 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 so we need a feminine, clean, well-kempt woman who is yeah. not in the entertainment business, not in the entertainment business. I think, how about this? Okay, everybody out there, spoiler alert, I know Freddie in real life, all right? I know Freddie IRL, and I texted him uh, an invite to this very exclusive Illuminati Tinder dating app that I'm on because I'm a fucking monster, and I will only be on Illuminati apps because... You know, uh, I can only exist in something that resembles Soho House in like application form or whatever. So did sure. you did you sign up for for Raya? But maybe that won't help because they're probably all actresses and models, right? I think that's what that is, and I think also it's kind of weird. They they don't even ask you any questions, and then they turn you down. They turn me down. Oh man, they turn you down. Don't they know who you are? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like they kind of ask me all these questions about Instagram. I'm on Instagram, but it's not like I, you know, spend my life on Instagram. And it, oh. I got the feeling like if you're not big on Instagram, they don't want to know from you. That's what's happening. And, and yeah, if you're not big, oh, never mind. So forget that. So here's what you should do. You should sign up for Bumble. Bumble is an app. You should get on Match.com. You should be on Tinder. And I feel sure. like I've gone to like I've gone to like four weddings where the two people who are both not in the entertainment business, or one of them is and the other one isn't, and they all met mm-hmm. on Tinder. Are, are you are you on Tinder or no? No, I'm not. We can, I because can I heard Tinder is really. Okay, people tell me Tinder's for people in their twenties, and you know I'm not in my twenties, and I'm not, not my thirties. No, it says no. Tinder is is Tinder is great. Tinder is totally for you. I feel like you should get on, on this application. It's great. I think that's the one you should be on. Okay. Okay. you got to trust me. All I'm right, baby. I do trust you. Why would I keep calling if I didn't trust you? You're the, the voice in my head. You're the, I don't you know. know. You the, the rational you voice in my head. You haven't called me the last two weeks, Freddie. I, I don't know if you think you can trust me. Anyway, that's a, that's a wrap for Freddie. Freddie, I've hung up. <laughs> um. Oh, man. Yes. Ladies, if anybody's interested in meeting Freddie, email me directly at boycrazyalexi at gmail.com. I almost said hotmail.com. Subject line, Freddie. And uh, tell me a little bit about you, and I'll put you in contact with Freddie. Are you a pastry chef? 
who doesn't force feed the person you're dating, who shaves under your arms as well, cool. I'll introduce you. Anyway, oh, man, is everything going to be okay, guys? What's going to happen? What does it all mean? Um, Freddie, I see you calling back in. Uh, I've already put it out there, Freddie. People are going to call uh, are going to email me directly if they are uh, a woman who shaves under their arms uh, or a pastry chef who doesn't push their pastries onto the person that they're dating. So I've got your back, Freddie. Um, God, you guys, the hour went by quickly, smoothly, effortlessly, as per the huge. Uh, I feel good about it. I have a million other things I wanted to talk about. Um, I wanted to read more emails. Let me go over my notes. Oh, man, you guys, here's what I can't believe I didn't even talk about. I don't really know why, if I should talk about it, but it's been out there enough. But I was in this cool video called uh, called Justin and Jill's Drunk History, and my friend, I, I be, I've become friends with this whole subculture, this this community of magicians and sword swallowers and fire breathers and, and uh, comedians. And I've, I've made three, like, videos with this guy named Justin Willman, and I was in a short film called All's Fair that he was in where he played my boyfriend and Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley's in it. And after I did that video... I made another one with Justin called How to Break Up with a Magician or Breaking Up with a Magician, directed by this guy named Adam Franklin. So then I get this phone call from Justin Willman saying, hey, Lexi, uh, I'm engaged. I'm getting married to the love of my life. Her name is Jillian. We want to make a drunk history version of, uh, of retelling of how we met. That way we don't have to explain to all the people at our wedding rehearsal dinner or at the wedding how me and Jillian met. Will you play the part of Jillian? So I said, oh, my God, of course. Yes, of course I will. So we shot this drunk history retelling of how Jillian and Justin met. And it was super fun. And I got to be at the Hollywood – I got to be at the Magic Castle, which is like this amazing landmark in Los Angeles where all things magic collide. It's super cool. Um, I got to be there and shoot this thing while it was closed, like during the day, so I got a behind-the-scenes take on that. Anyway, we shoot the video. I go to the rehearsal dinner. They show the video. Great response. I had never seen it. I loved it. Very proud to be a part of it. I go to the wedding the next day. Beautiful wedding. It's in Malibu. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm crying. I'm tearing up. It's too much. It's too romantic. The waterworks are flying from everyone, not just me. And then a few days after the wedding, I'm living my life. I get a text message, and I, I the text message says, hey, congratulations, you've gone viral. I'm like, what, what do you mean? Wait, what's gone viral? The drunk history video went viral. So like almost 3 million people have seen it. It's been like a week or something. I don't know. But uh, I couldn't believe it. It was all over the news. It was all. It was just like, you know, it was so fun to shoot, so so casual and fun, and, just, and I became friends with all these people, and I feel very accepted by this wonderful community of people, and I'm really proud to be in it and how it turned out. And then Justin and Jill's drunk history went viral. So that made me very proud and happy. So that was the biggest thing of the week. Oh, man. I'll tell you more about the sword swallower and the other dates I may or may not go on uh, at another point in my life. Um, Geez, guys. I believe... I believe that's it. You know what? Thank you so much for tuning in to Boy Crazy Radio, sponsored by I'mBoyCrazy.com. Tune in next Wednesday and every other Wednesday at 9 p.m. Pacific. Store the number in your phone so you're ready to call in, 646-378-0649. We should totally be friends on Instagram and Twitter at Alexi Wasser. And also, Boy Crazy Radio is a listener-supported show. If you like the show, go to imboycrazy.com, click on the donate button, make a donation. If you do, I'll send you a photo of my boobs. I mean, maybe. Okay, I'll have to think about it. But like, just you know, wait and see, find out. Donate, donate, and find out what happens. Uh, you guys, thank you for tuning into the show. And I don't care what everyone else says about you. I love you. Big news. The new Sprint LTE Plus network is faster than Verizon and AT&T based on analysis of a recent study by Nielsen. And to celebrate, we're inviting you to join Sprint for the biggest offer in U.S. wireless history. Switch to Sprint and save 50% on most Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile rates. Yep, you heard that right. 
No gimmicks, no tricks. You have Verizon 6 gigs for $60, 30 with Sprint. And if you have 15 gigs for 100 bucks from AT&T, 50 with Sprint. Even if you have T-Mobile's 10 gigs for $80, we'll give it to you for 40. And we won't force you to watch video in low def. Oh, and one more thing. We'll even pay your switching fees up to $650 per line so you can switch to the Sprint LTE Plus network today. Visit a Sprint store at Sprint.com slash save 50%. Offer coverage not available everywhere for discounted phones. Excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming, and premium content. Subject to new line, $36 activation fee. Credit valid for in Plans may not be exact match. See website for eligible plans. Offer ends 1716-721818. Exclusions and restrictions apply. Contract by audio reward card requires online registration.